Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive with joyful hearts this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 to 33. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. When the children of Israel were trapped between the Red Sea on the one hand and the Egyptian army coming to kill them, on the other hand, God removed the obstacle, the thing that stood in their way, namely the Red Sea. He parted it, and they walked through on dry ground. When we're faced with obstacles in our life, whether they're big or small, we often wish that God would remove them, that he would part them, that he would let us walk through when our days are spiritually cloudy, downcast, when there are things that upset us in our life, we often pray that God would remove them, clear the clouds, let the sun shine again. And certainly sometimes God does that. But Jesus shows us something else, something different in our text this morning, doesn't he? Once again, the sea is in the way. This time it's not blocking the children of Israel as they're fleeing from the Egyptians, but this time it's stopping the disciples from getting across the sea, and it's between Jesus and his people, his disciples. At this time, instead of dividing the sea, instead of removing the obstacle, Jesus simply walks right through it. He walks across the sea, and he walks through the wind and the waves to come to his own. They didn't look for him. They weren't expecting him. They didn't recognize him when he came. Even after he told them who he was, they didn't really believe him. Yet he came. And if they didn't receive him when he showed up, he certainly received them. He stretched out his hand to save. Jesus walked through the storm, and he brought his disciples with him. This morning we see that Jesus <clears throat> didn't remove what we would call an obstacle, a problem. But he simply walked right through it. Our count this morning has three major high points, major highlights. And all three of them give us confidence that we can face the storms, the troubles of this life 
unafraid. That even when Jesus doesn't remove the obstacles in our life, we can easily continue and walk right through the wind and the waves. The first highlight of the story is, of course, Jesus walking through the wind. This uh, miracle is often titled, Jesus Walks on Water, and certainly that is an important part of the account. But for me personally, I find it much more reassuring that Jesus walked through the storm, confidently strolling through wind and waves. Here are the the disciples in the boat, striving hard, working hard, rowing all night, trying to get to the other side and getting nowhere because the wind is against them. And here Jesus comes just strolling right through the problem. How often does our life feel like that? Like we're striving, rowing, doing everything we can and, and getting nowhere. And Jesus' words reassure us that we can walk through the wind and the waves by faith in Christ. That even when the problems are not removed, God is there with us. Certainly it's not wrong to ask God to remove the problems in our life, and certainly God does sometimes do that. But even when he doesn't, we have this promise that he's with us. The prophet Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 43, 2 through 3, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Notice that in that passage from Isaiah, God doesn't promise to remove the flood or to quench the fire. But he does promise that he'll be with us and keep us and get us through it. We won't be overwhelmed by those waters. We won't be burnt by that fire. There is a a type of Christian, and we probably all do this at times, who wants to stop the storm, who believes that if our faith is great enough, we can remove all the obstacles. Such attitudes often rage against the storm. We we metaphorically shake our fists at the the problems and the evils and the injustices of of this life and the animosity of this world and are, are bound and determined to fight against it. But Jesus Jesus shows us a different thing in our text of any. There's no need to rage against the evils and the storms of this life. When we walk with Jesus, we can just walk right through it. John 16, reminds us, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The storms aren't going to stop. Now certainly, as Christians, we want to bear witness to the truth of God's word. We want to speak out against sin and injustice, against sexual immorality in all its forms, pornography, adultery, fornication, homosexuality. We want to speak out against many other evils like abortion. But don't make that the achievement of your life, right? Don't expect the storm to stop. The winds are going to keep howling. And it's often going to feel like no one's listening to us. 
But Jesus promises he is with us. I always remember uh, the words, the final words that the angel spoke to Daniel the prophet. In Daniel chapter 12, verses 10 and 13. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. But you, Daniel, go your way till the end, for you shall rest, and you will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. It's a very calming, very comforting passage for us in the midst of the evils of this world. The angel is saying, yeah, evils are going to continue. The wicked will do wickedly. But go your way. Continue. Walk with Christ. Because for you, at the end, comes that blessed peace, that promise that God has given us. Storm and wind and waves will come and go, but we walk with Christ. The second high point of the text uh, is when Jesus invites Peter. Peter asks to come to him, and Jesus says, come. Invites him to come and walk on the water, and by faith, Peter does. And certainly, it's great faith that Peter shows to get out of that boat not only to walk on the water, but uh, in the midst of those storms, to come to Jesus at his word. And certainly by faith, we can uh, often do the same at the word of Christ. We can get out of metaphorical boats and face the storms uh, that we might be too afraid to face on our own and go forth to walk with Christ. But we need to be careful there, don't we? Because faith is based on a promise from Christ. And without a promise from Christ, it's not faith to get out of the boat, but just foolishness. Peter, correctly and rightly, does not dare to get out of that boat until he has that promise, that invitation from Christ. Come. If he had gone out of that boat without the promise of Christ, he would have sunk. That would have, that would have been foolishness, not faith. And so often we also, we need to take a minute and recognize where has Christ given us a promise and where has he not? Very often people claim uh, to be following Christ in faith. They, they claim to be doing great deeds of faith, but the deeds that they go forth to do aren't based on God's word, but are only based on the their own imagination, what they think God's will is, instead of a, a promise from God. And so they might go forth holding a sign of a cross or even singing lift high the cross, but they're not really lifting the cross, which after all teaches us to, to serve others in humility, right? But really what they're doing is lifting up the sword of their own glory. In the year uh, 1212, a German shepherd by the name of Nicholas supposedly convinced a large, very large group of people, uh, many of whom were children, to follow him on a, a crusade to free Palestine from the Turks, from the Ottoman Empire. About two-thirds of those people who followed him died simply on the journey from uh, Germany down to the Italian coast in Genoa. About of the, of the 7,000 that made it to Genoa, they came to that coast expecting the sea to part. And they thought they would, God would part the sea and they could walk through on dry ground to, to free Palestine from the Ottoman Empire. 
There is, there is no promise from God, was there? Nowhere in God's word does he say, oh yeah, if you march to the coast and I will help you free Palestine. It was only their own imaginations. And when, when the ocean didn't part, when the Mediterranean Sea didn't part for them, a lot of them gave up. Some of them found uh, some boats that were willing to take them to Palestine and they were never heard from again. The, the story is that many of them were sold into slavery. We don't know for sure what happened to them. This is the foolishness of those who, who claim to be doing great deeds of faith but are not basing their faith on the promises of God but only going forth to do what they want. That's, of course, one of the temptations that Satan gives to Jesus. Jump off the temple! God will send his angels to lift you up. You know, show the whole world who you are. Jesus rightly confronts that temptation with the word of God. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. This is why we, we need to search the scriptures often, right? To remind us, where is Christ's promise? Where does Christ give us comfort? Where does he give us assurance? And where does he not? He has not promised to always stop the storm. We can always pray and ask him to stop the storm, and he might do it. But he has not promised to always do it. But he has promised that whatever troubles beset us, he is with us. His strength is with us. He has not promised uh, to give us a life free of tribulation, but he has promised us his strength. He has not promised to give us a life free from sin. Now We fail and fall into sin, and those around us near us fail and fall into sin. And sometimes we get so incensed that other people in the church are sinners. Look what they did. We forget how much we are sinners ourselves, don't we? Our church isn't free from sin. Our lives isn't free from sin. But he has promised forgiveness when we fail and fall. He has not promised us ease or happiness or riches or prosperity in this life. But he has promised us the wealth of heaven and that at the end of the life, that dawn of the resurrection. He's not given us power to walk across Lake Michigan, which is too bad because I hear the beaches on the other side are really nice and would make fishing kind of easy, right? Maybe? I don't know. But he has promised to give us his hand that may we walk, through, walk with him through all the storms of this life. Thirdly, and probably most importantly of everything that we find in this account is when Peter's faith fails, as ours often does as well, Jesus doesn't let Peter drown. He doesn't say, oh, well, you didn't trust me, so bye, Peter, right? But he's right there. When Peter's faith fails, Jesus is right there, reaching out his hand, pulling him up and back into the boat. Our comfort, our trust, our strength to face the, forms, the, the storms of this life does not come from the strength of our faith, which, like Peter, so often fails. I mean, our faith is not nearly as great as Peter's. You think of all the things Peter did by faith. I mean, how many of us would get out of that boat even from, with a word from Christ? Peter's faith, which is, seems to be a lot greater than ours failed, our faith is going to fail as well. So often, uh, preachers remind us, <clears throat> if you have faith, if you have faith, you can do this or you can do that. 
And certainly there is a place to remember to trust God's word and to go forth at his command, but ultimately it's not our faith which accomplishes these things, but Jesus and his promise. We go back to that promise we started with from Isaiah 43, the waters will not overwhelm you. And here we see the waters did not overwhelm Peter, did they? Even when his faith failed. The waters did not overwhelm him because Jesus was there stretching out his hand. God, Peter's faith failed, but God's promise did not fa fail. Jesus is there. Our ultimate comfort in all the troubles of this life is not the strength of our faith, but the power of Christ and his promises, who has forgiven our sins through his death and has promised, I will be with you always. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.